I wonder what Santa's doing for fire on fire. <laughs> Here we are again in the webcast studio at Ericsson headquarters. And we in are snowy Stockholm. in snowy Stockholm. We had snow this morning. Oh, it's and it's getting closer to Christmas. It's getting closer to Christmas, which you can tell it's also the dark time of year. It is. Uh, the sun hadn't uh, come up when I went to work this morning. And I go to work quite late, so... <laughs> I was uh, I was amazed, but you and, know, and, and it will go down by about half past two. This yeah, afternoon. probably. So, like that. Yeah. So don't expect to see the sun on a workday any time between now and February. Yeah, but I read that Kiruna, which is in the very very north of Sweden, you know, this uh, place where they have the ice hotel just yep. outside Kiruna. Yeah. Uh, they will not see the sun now until New Year's Day. That is tougher. That, that is, tougher. is definitely tougher. It's either that it was it was one hell of a party. <laughs> Could be that too. So, <laughs> what so, are we talking about today, Paul? What are we talking about today? Uh, well, Janina, I thought we might talk about five G. No, really. Yeah. Yeah. That I, <laughs> I think that's a good idea, uh, and perhaps do some catching up of uh, the stuff that's happened lately. Yeah, let's do some catch up. And do we yep. have any? Uh, any emails, messages, comments, questions? I want to say a special thank you to uh, one of our favorite listeners, Peter, who said that uh, episode four was the best so far. Keep it up. Good luck with the 18-month target. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Peter. Uh, so, so what we don't know those... is whether he's listened to episode five yet. I guess not. That was for episode four. A.A. Milne would, ha- would have it. Now we are six. And now we are six. Uh, but thank you so much, Peter. And uh, anyone else that's uh, also writing to us and giving us a shout out on social media. Henrik, Sonora, all the other people that are listening out there. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, contact us, write us, complain or suggest things on 5G podcast, that's 5G podcast in one word, at ericsson.com. And Ericsson with C and two S's. Okay, uh, Paul, we had some things happening last week and you were not here. And I should explain that, that we pre-recorded last week's episode on the Monday. That's why you didn't hear about all the things that happened. Otherwise, I think we usually comment a little bit when big things are happening. And last week, there was a lot. Last week was a busy week. But uh, last week, I was was in uh, the USA. Yeah. um, In uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Um, Fraternizing. Fraternizing. (laughs) Um, Fraternizing with the colonials. Um, Oh, Boston's a nice place. I've been there several, several times. And uh, at this time of year in Boston, we uh, we, we have uh, what we call an analyst day. Yeah, doing I your actually real job. Doing my real job. Mm. I work with analyst relations. And Boston is one of the places where they uh, uh, there are quite a few of those 
gentlemen and ladies that uh, that are based in that area or along the along the eastern coast of the USA. So we go over there and uh, share what we what we're up to. Uh, give them a one day program where uh, we can uh, present to them you know, the latest things in technology, what Ericsson's been doing, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we had a lot of focus on uh, three things this okay. time round. Yeah, tell us what was on the agenda. What was on the agenda? Three things. Um, 5G, surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, Could be. Uh, artificial intelligence and automation. Ah, yeah. Ah, yep. There's lots of that around. Yeah, see some cool the, things you know, there. That's, uh, that, that's a very interesting technology area still in its infancy, but it's going to yep. have a lot of Im- impact both in society, but also how we build and run uh, networks. So yeah. there's a lot of machine learning and artificial intelligence which is being built into networks to, to make them to make them simpler to own and run. Some even say it's uh, crucial for 5G to have uh, inbuilt artificial intelligence to build fail-safe systems, right? Yeah, yeah uh, crucial, crucial. But uh, but it's certainly it's certainly very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know when we look at the, 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 when we go from the, the journey from 2G to 3G to 4G to 5G. Uh, you know what's happened is you know we had 2G and then we added 3G, uh, and then as an operator you go from having one network to manage to having two network two networks to manage. Well, two network standards, yeah. Two, two network, no, but uh, but they were very, but, are they very separate? Hmm? Yeah, well, separate technology. But it's you know it's separate uh, separate parameters that need to be set mm-hmm. up, separate things which can which can break and and, and, and fall down. Yeah. Uh, and 3G as a technology is more complex than 2G, mm-hmm. so you know, maybe I need some more people to actually help sort that out. Then we add 4G to the mix, now I've got three technologies, and yeah. when things go wrong, I'm trying to sort out what's happening. So things are getting complicated, and we started seeing uh, these concepts of self-organizing networks and functions which you know, help to to offload people in, in doing uh, management. Mm-hmm. As we get to 5G, maybe we'll start retiring some of the old technologies, but it's also... You know, 5G will be a complex technology. Uh, we've got lots of complicated things happening around um, uh, cloud environments and orchestration. Yeah. Um, so you get these slices. Yeah, we've got all, all of these slices, and mm-hmm. all of those things they need to be set up. They need to be they, they need to be monitored. You need to find out what's happening when things mm-hmm. go wrong. There's a lot more interactions, but we also expect lots more transmission points, lots more base stations or, or radios and, and things out there in the field uh, because we've, we've got more frequency bands, which means more radios. Some of them were you know, a lot more small cells, which have small coverage, so that means a lot more cell sites. Um, so there's a lot more stuff that needs to be monitored yeah. and managed. Uh, and the one thing that an operator can't do is just keep throwing more people at it because mm. you know that's very costly. Um, and... Uh, now, you and I, as, as cellular subscribers, now we don't want to pay more uh, for what we're getting. We'd really probably quite like to pay a little less, if, if truth be known, or we, you know, we might pay more if, if you could give me something that that, uh, that I'm really in, interested in. But that means that controlling and managing operational cost is very important for an operator. Yeah. So that's where artificial intelligence comes in, in being able to... Um, take away a lot of the routine work that people need to do and also to handle a lot of the very complex things which are hard for, for people to get their heads around. Yeah, it's a fi- so. fascinating <coughs> topic indeed. And it's a fascinating uh, topic. Yeah. Um, 
And I've seen some pretty cool use cases where you can like get uh, help, uh, visual help, when installing or finding faults with a uh, with equipment, where you can like uh, see on a pad which connection is faulty, for instance, using. Uh, Instead of like having this uh, great knowledge of uh, how um, uh, the equipment is connected, you can actually get information through visually. Yeah, uh, I'm just whilst we're in Boston, mm? just a, a small aside, uh, we we, uh, we we were in a we had a day where we, were in a, we hired some office space so we could uh, we could have some meetings. Uh, and there they had a, a very nice little IT room with a glass window so you could see what was happening inside. And, mm-hmm. and there are all these r- racks of uh, boxes with with cables going in the back. Uh, lots of cables going in the back. Yeah. Cables going from one box to the next box to the next box. Uh, and uh, what you described, and we, we showed a, we showed something on this in, in Barcelona in, in February. Yeah, you know, that's what I remember. When, when you go to a site and you open up a rack and you've got... Uh, six feet of equipment mm. and, and, and every square inch, square centimetre, yeah, is uh, is full of cables and things. Where do I start? Yeah. And that's where the, the you know, this uh, AI system comes in. It, you know, you, you look on the thing and it says, it's this box. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's this port, this cable port. So you mm. can actually, see, you don't, it helps you to navigate and find what's what it is you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, and particularly if you're sending us someone to site to do you know, a particular maintenance task, you don't necessarily need to find uh, the world's greatest expert on, on mobile networks exactly. that, that knows how to design everything. Mm. Or if you're just changing a cable, yeah. oh, this, this cable, we know that it had a design flaw or something like that. We need to change all the cables of this type. Yeah, I mean, I think about uh, when, when I sit at home and the, and the Wi-Fi's not working, what do you mm-hmm. do? Well, you go over and you, you push in all the cables on the back. <coughs> and then suddenly it springs to life. You know, the printer, you can't get connection to the printer because the cable's loose. Yeah. Um, no. Things if like I've, that. If I've got 500 cables in the back of an equipment, going around and randomly randomly t- tugging at the cables isn't going to work. <laughs> so, so you need tough. to be a little bit more clever. Yeah. But, but there's lots of other thing, interesting things, but we can, we'll take that another day. Well, we, we saw this uh, cool thing... Uh, navigating ships in this uh, research uh, they had a research uh, day here oh, in the yes. office uh, the other week and uh, I mean that's also using uh, artificial intelligence and like machine learning uh, where a machine can learn how to navigate a ship yeah I have to say we didn't have a ship in the office <laughs> no, it was in the sawn <laughs> that was fun <laughs> The research, guys, the research guys were using model of a ship in a in a in a, in a, big, in a big bathtub in the sauna. In the sauna. <clears throat> Although I suspect the sauna was not on. <laughs> uh, amazing stuff! What you can do, and uh, when you have good imagination, good uh, a good plan, and, and, but and perhaps, a little bit of innovation, <laughs> but perhaps uh, not uh, a, sh- a full ship, full size full, ship. Full size ship. To, but, but, but that's another area. I mean, if you, if you think about the environment, you know, the uh, the everyday world relies on shipping to transport stuff around the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, ships are expensive to run. Big ships cost a lot, a lot of money in fuel, and being able to run them efficiently is a, is, an, is a way of 
of both saving money for in shipping, making goods cheaper for the consumer, and also being good for the environment. So yeah. you know, those things are, are win-win. Yeah. And hopefully also making it safer. But I think generally, generally, if I'm generalising, shipping has got a lot safer than it was in days gone by. Probably, yeah. Uh, Okay, but let's not dive so deep into the AI. Now now we're diverging, but but there was one third topic on the agenda, and that was the the Internet of Things. Mm. And that obviously, of course, is is another thing which is happening... Lots of things happening at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and artificial intelligence maybe comes also into play and when we t- when we talk about how will the Internet of Things work because the artificial intelligence has the you know, has the opportunity to understand what's happening from sensors out in the world mm. and actually take action. Yeah. Uh, in uh, uh, traffic management or you know, parking systems or. Um, Avalanche, uh, yeah, <coughs> security, like alarms. They uh, see power it. system management. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it's it's landslide alarm. It's yeah. how how big is your imagination, really? Yeah, it's super fascinating that topic as well, and probably something we should deep dive deeper into on this podcast later. Uh, IoT and five G, but. I was just thinking uh, about if we could c- connect this a little bit to the news. Uh, we had a, uh, a pre- was it a news release perhaps uh, last week about uh, Tigo. Tigo. Yeah, in uh, where we did a deal with Tigo in Honduras and Paraguay uh, for our radio system, our five G ready radio system. Uh, Ericsson Radio System. Yes. Ericsson Radio System. And uh, they said that they would uh, they launch this uh, towards to, to be ready for 5G and also to uh, they had plans for, for IoT. Internet uh, things. Yes. Yeah, for, yeah, for IoT usages. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that also from other operators. So they are planning ahead. For this. They are planning ahead. I th- think the interesting thing with 5G, uh, if you look at you know, w- what's happened with some of the other generations, uh, particularly start right back in the beginning, things happened in the in the Western countries first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, it's taken quite a long time for, for those technologies to, to spread across the world. Uh, and each generation is going faster and faster. So with 5G, we expect... That the the rate of rollout around the world will will be faster than we've seen even with 4G, um, and we're seeing 5G coming on stream in the in the US. We're seeing lots of activity in in parts of Asia like Korea and Japan and, and, and China and in European countries. Um, but it's clear that even uh, you know countries which have been maybe slower on the uptake with 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 4G. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's still lots of subscribers out in the world that, that are still on 3G. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we're expecting a big shift into 4G. Uh, but countries like Honduras and, and Paraguay, you know, they're making the investment now um, to be ready for the Internet of Things and for, and for 5G. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, the Internet of Things to put cellular IoT into a network is, it, these days it, is a, it's a software upgrade for, at least for, for the radio system. So you can, you can take that step, put, put that uh, technology in place, and then open up those possibilities for, for your country. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, but it's it's so interesting to see that uh, okay, countries that are have not been in the forefront of mobile networks, uh, they are actually seeing a, a big uh, opportunity uh, to to uh, go for IoT and go for smart things, mm-hmm. connecting. Uh, but but I think connecting like everything like trash cans stuff like that that is something that they see as uh, important for society yeah but i think we've seen that also with previous generations if you if you look for instance in in africa you know innovation is is uh, you know is is everywhere if you mm. look in africa you know africa is one of the leading places in the world for mobile banking because they're able to leapfrog uh, you know the western world where everyone has a bank account mm. They started from a position where lots of people didn't have a bank account, yeah. and you know everybody is, needs to work with cash, and handling cash is it, it, it has its issues with security and and those things. Mm. Mobile banking, everyone that has a smartphone or everyone that has a phone in their pocket has the opportunity to use it as a bank account. Yeah, so they know that's a that's an area where technology is being used at the leading edge in countries which traditionally we've, we've not seen as being leading you know leading the technology charge yeah. so i think we the you know mobile networks has, has a role in breaking down the traditional barriers between where is you know around where is innovation happening um, and and 5g i think is the, another opportunity to to level the playing field and and i think with 4g the same with 4g we'll probably see 5g used in different ways in, in So another big thing that happened last week, though, I mean, that is uh, pretty amazing (laughs) for us in Sweden. First 5G network uh, in Sweden Sweden, uh, running and on commercial equipment, but still only used for testing, of course, at the uh, KTH that we talked about before, the Royal... School Te- of Technology, Royal, Royal? Yeah, College of Technology. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, university of Technology. Yeah, it's, it's, Royal, it's a university, yeah. but it depends on how you want to translate the title. Okay, really. okay. The uh, technical high school. Yeah, that we did together with uh, Telia and this uh, KTH. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we did. We <coughs> we put up a network. School and uh, just emphasize the Kungliga bit that's the king the the, the royal uh, technical high school yes uh, we had a prince on the line to, we did to, uh, to test to it test, out to test it out prince daniel yes uh and i thought your tweet there was pretty cool paul thank you very much janina <laughs> 5g network fit for a prince <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, so first 5G network in Sweden. Yeah, and and just to emphasise, of course, that's that's uh, you know installed there in the KTH, and they'll be using that for for lots of interesting stuff. Uh, but that's just a precursor to rolling out 5G on a wider basis in Sweden. Yeah. So what does this mean then? What does this mean? That we're we're now rolling out at least a small network. What does that mean on our road to towards 5G? This is the first thing. Uh, we're doing it with Telia. When are the other ones going to do the same? Yeah, 
the other ones in Sweden or the other yeah. ones around the world? Because I think there are a lot of people around the world that, that are moving in that direction. We've already talked about what's happening in, in the USA and uh, you know the fact that uh, operators there are coming on stream with uh, 5G networks by the end of this year. And that's not very far away now. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we know Verizon uh, has launched a fixed wireless access service. Um, fixed wireless access is another one of the things we talked about in Boston. Um, we also talked about core networks, and a few. And one of the things we haven't mentioned in the news <laughs> last week was the uh, was the unfortunate outages that we had in in networks around around the world, uh, thanks to some problems we had with the core networks. That. Was uh, massive, yes. That, so that we was had massive, some and uh, it's it, it. I think it underlines how important cellular networks are for people's everyday lives. Ah, yes. When when you turn it off and they're obliged to live without it for a while, but it, but yeah, it's I mean it's uh, it's something which shouldn't happen, and we're very sorry that it did happen. Yeah, uh, and but we, I know that we um, did take it very very seriously on all fronts. But we did. Uh, uh, one of the people that we had. Uh, uh, with us there in Boston, you know, he's he works with the uh, with the core network systems, and he was up from four o'clock in the morning with the, with the phone ringing, trying to you know, help sort out what was going on and, and make sure that we we had a fix underway. So, you know, it uh, and it reached the very highest levels of of the company, of course, to to sort those things out. Yeah. So, those are unfortunate things, um, but they do get taken very seriously, and uh, we do pull out all the stops to get the uh, networks back up and running. Stuff like the buses and uh, and timetables there that uh, that are all connected to networks. What a small thing like a c- certificate. What a small thing like that can do to people's normal lives. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we're working on it <coughs> never happening again. We don't want to have another one of those. Something else we saw this week. Mm? Um, I saw that um, Vodafone in, in uh, Great Britain. Right. Um, they're one of our customers, uh, and they've been doing work on uh, putting radio transmitters, mobile radio, mobile network radios, into uh, manhole covers. That is so cool. Well, actually, <laughs> that, that, that's probably not a very good description. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can we take that yeah. again? Vodafone in the UK, they've been uh, investigating using manholes as a place to put mobile radios. You have to explain a little bit what manholes are. That is, that yeah. is a strange word for, for, for a Swedish person like me. It's, it's sort of, I don't actually know the Swedish for, for, for one of those. And there's probably a completely different name for it in, in, in the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, if you walk down the street, um, you find these big round uh, metal plates in, yep. the, in the pavement for for sewage and for, for sewage uh, and for water water and so mm-hmm. on but some of them um are for the telephone company mm-hmm. uh, and they use them for connecting cables and and that type of stuff mm-hmm. uh, so the idea is that uh, you can mount an antenna into the pavement which looks a lot like a manhole cover um these little round metal, th- thick, heavy metal covers. We call them manhole covers. Uh, I invite anyone on the on the uh, listening to the podcast to write in and say, what's a manhole cover <laughs> called where you come from? Yes, please do, please do. Um, 
So uh, you, you have uh, an antenna in the pavement and you have uh, a radio connected to that that sits inside the manhole cover, the, uh, the, the, uh, in the vault under the, under the cover. Mm. And they're waterproofed because those uh, those chambers get flooded when uh, when uh, yeah when it rains when it rains and, and the street kind of yeah. so so it needs to be waterproof. Um, um, but I'm, it's pretty I'm, ingenious to get the the good uh, to get the signal out right in the middle of the street where it's actually needed. Yeah, I think I mean it's uh, Vodafone are looking at doing it in the UK. Uh, and they're working with us, and uh, we work together with an antenna company called Catherine that makes the makes the antenna that goes into the that goes into the street. We make the waterproof radios that you, that sit in the boxes under the street. That are also five G ready. Uh, they're also five G ready. That's correct. All, all of all our Ericsson radio system radios are five G ready. Uh, so you put them down there, and they give you good four G, and then you can use them to turn on five G. But uh, I, th- I think when we did it for the first time, which was uh, together with uh, Swisscom in Switzerland, yeah, uh, I think we were surprised to discover how good it actually is in in terms of giving a signal mm. um, from a street level antenna. Uh, normally, you think that an antenna needs to be up on a post mm. uh, to be able to to like point down the street, but uh, it gives very good service, uh, and it has the advantage that um, you know it it, it, uh, it visually. It totally blends in. You don't even notice that it's there. Yeah. Um, so you know it's very attractive in, from that point of view too. I saw also that uh, Vodafone were thinking of uh, using old uh, telephone booths for mm-hmm. the same. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I mean we've done a lot of work in in hiding, if you want to put it put it that way, um, radios into street what we call street furniture, uh, and street furniture is things like. Telegraph poles, bus shelters, and you know all of those things, including maybe uh, telephone boxes, um, so that you can mount radios. And, and the, the, one of the advantages with with a radio that like that is that you don't need such a powerful radio because it, it covers a small area around around the site uh, and allows you to give you know improved coverage and performance for people. Don't know don't know about you. I use the bus when I go to work in the mornings. You get down to the bus stop, and there's thirty, forty people stood mm. waiting to get on the bus. Um, you know, a little, a, a little antenna there that mm. gives signal to those people, uh, gives everyone a good coverage as they sit and wait and catch up with the news and uh, yeah, that's look when their, you look at their cat videos. Yeah, that's uh, when you want that mm. out on the street, um, checking when the bus is coming. Actually, yeah. and one of the interesting things from a system point of view. Is if you if you can provide a service to those efficiently with a small antenna locally, uh, that saves what what engineers called radio resources. Oh yeah. Uh, w- which is to say, you put less load on the main transmitter, mm. and that means that everyone else who's not in the range of that little cell. Gets a better signal. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so actually like having these smaller antennas or small cells that gives a better service to everyone in the area when you can pinpoint those crowded places. Yeah, and the same is true when we talk a lot about indoor systems and indoor is going to be important for 5G. But that's also true with indoor systems. If I have a 4G network today, 
uh, and I'm using the phone indoors, um, then the signal gets attenuated. It, it um, you know, the, the signal is weaker indoors than it would be outdoors, uh, and that means it takes more resources, uh, and that means that uh, you know, the, there is, you know, it it degrades the overall performance of the network trying to serve people indoors. So if I put an indoor system into a building, um, I actually make things better for the people that are outdoors as well. And uh, that's uh, it's those are the things that you know all the people that, that uh, work for your uh, mobile network operator. Those are the things that they're thinking about and trying to look at as to how do we make the service better for our customers. You know, how do we invest in an efficient way to give everyone good coverage? And that's that's something we talked about in the mobility report. Um, the mobility report talked a lot about how much traffic there's going to be on 5G, but one of the important figures in the mobility report is how much traffic there's going to be on 4G. Mm -hmm. uh, 4G traffic, you know, the overall traffic is going to be five times what it is today by the time we get to 2024. All right. That's a lot of extra traffic. Yeah. Now, some of that is in in countries where they sh they're turning on 4G or because they're still on 3G mm -hmm. or, just, or maybe they're rolling out 4G nationally and they've only today got it in certain regions. So it, that will generate a lot of traffic. But a lot of new traffic will come in existing networks as people start using higher definition in, in video, using more video, you know, more video services, using virtual reality services and artificial reality services. Those things are going to gen generate more traffic. If the networks are not going to slow down, then operators need to be keep working at making you know increasing the capacity in the network, and they do that by adding new frequency bands, and they do that by adding new cell sites. Every year at this time, Ericsson is releasing the ten hot consumer trends for next year, uh, like a forecast or. A, a we see what's. What, what's brewing from consumers, what they expect from yes, the industry. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Because, what what uh, are consumers thinking about asking for what is considered? What should be the next hot thing, possibly? What's the next hot topic? Yeah. What uh, And number 10 there, 5G. I told you it's going to be, uh, it's going to be next year's hot Christmas present. <laughs> so... So Janina, let's 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 do this live. Let's mm. flip over to the to our today's press release and see what's in the Titan Hot Consumer Trends for 2019. And uh, in in reverse order, of course, we have at number ten, 5G automates society. Around 20% of smartphone users believe 5G will better connect Internet of Things devices like household appliances and utility meters. 5G consumers already have 5G on the horizon. Yeah, they're already thinking 5G connections. Yeah. But Interesting. Let's, but let's go on. Mm -hmm. At number nine in the hot consumer trends for 2019, my digital twin. 48% uh, of uh, AR and VR users. So that's, uh, that's, um, Artificial, no, sorry. Augmented reality and, and virtual, virtual reality, reality users, exactly. 48% of them want online avatars that mimic them exactly so they, they can be in two places at once. <laughs> that would be so cool. 
That's what you call her digital schizophrenia. Uh, At number eight in the list, EcoMe. Uh, 39% of consumers want an EcoWatch that will measure their carbon footprint. And uh, I think that's that's really really interesting. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to know exactly how globally that that, that figure is. I think we uh, you know we're seeing and hearing a lot about uh, the need to reduce carbon footprint, and I think that's a, a, a very interesting figure for for regulators and governments to understand that uh, consumers have that in the, on, on their sides. They, yes. they want to be more environmentally aware and they want to be able to do their bit. Sustainability keeps on being a hot topic, yes. Yeah. Uh, number number seven. seven on the list. Number seven. This is, uh, this is a really interesting one. Mental obesity. Yeah, that sounds tough. Uh, that's uh, your brain is overweight. Uh, 31% of consumers soon expect to go to mind gyms to practice thinking as everyday decision-making becomes increasingly automated. Oh. Ooh. So that's, that means we need to exercise our minds. Uh, I think, it, I think in, uh, uh, maybe we should just get out the old crossword puzzle. Yeah. 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 Go back to the good old days and uh, open the paper and sit there or sit on the train with your, with your Times crossword and do the cryptic bit. We do that on the phone nowadays, Paul. We do that on the phone, <laughs> yeah. The, um, I, I can agree somewhat on that. There's been a couple of stressful weeks for me and I think I've lost my phone like 10 times in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, perhaps I should... Yeah, as I explained uh, earlier, I'm on, I have a, a phone-free day today. Yes, and you lost <laughs> your phone completely. So, um, so number six then, Janina. Zero-touch consumption. Okay. Okay, zero touch consumption. I've heard about zero touch networks. <laughs> zero touch networks. It's kind of the same concept. Around half of virtual assistant users, which of course is not everyone, but it's, it's an increasing number of people, around half of virtual assistant users want automated bills and subscriptions, as well as self restocking household supplies. Oh. Oh. So that's. So, uh, uh, and this so virtual you get assistant. Up in the morning and there's always milk in the fridge. <laughs> That would be convenient, yes. That would be convenient. So you, what we, you need is like a fridge with two doors, one one in the front that you use and one in the back which which goes to the outside that they can deliver milk through it into your fridge. <laughs> cool. And, uh, and then you could have a service where they automatically come in and take away all of the, the things which are past their sell-by day. <laughs> that would be even better. <laughs> <coughs> Number five. Da, 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 da. In the, uh, the top consumer trends... The Internet of Skills. More than 50% of AR and VR users want apps, glasses and gloves to give virtual guidance for practical everyday tasks like cooking or carrying out repairs. Oh, yeah. So we want more support. We want more support. We mm-hmm. want people to... We want uh, computers and the interweb to help us to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting, because I, I think one of the things that... Uh, I experience when you when you want to do something you've not done before. What do you do today? You go on YouTube. Yeah, and, yes. And chances are, this strange and obscure thing that you want to do, somebody's recorded a video that shares says this is how you do it. Yeah, isn't it's, that amazing? It's incredible. Yeah. 
<laughs> I just did that uh, the other day. Mm. So uh, definitely one of those. And mm. uh, if you can do it with video, you can do it with uh, augmented reality or with uh, virtual reality. Mm. Of course. That makes sense. Number four in the top ten list. Enforced agreement. Hmm. Oh, this sounds very GDPR. Or? It, it sounds kind of that way. Always having to accept data collection cookies annoys 51% of consumers. Yeah. I'm surprised it's only 51%. Yes. I thought it was 100%. Yeah. Um, mm? Number three. Number three. Spying apps. Mm-hmm. Which probably fits quite well with number four, really. Over 45% of consumers think apps collect data about them even when they don't use the app. Yeah. What that doesn't say is, is it true or not? Yeah, you're right about that. Um, but that's what people think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, maybe if you're listening to the podcast and you have insider information, do apps <laughs> collect information about us when we're not using the app? Yeah. Smart Quarrels is number two. Smart, Smart Quarrels. Okay. Over 65% of virtual assistant users, users think smart speakers will argue like family members in three <laughs> years' time. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I wouldn't do that if I was you, Dave. <laughs> oh, oh. <clears throat> sounds a little bit like uh, Hal. In, uh, uh, it sounds a lot like Hal. 2001, right? Uh, mm. so, so this is... Uh, this is uh, the 2019. We're going to see uh, the re- revisit 2001. Yeah. In our uh, 5G Odyssey. We're going to experience live. Yeah. And number one mm-hmm. on our top 10 consumer trends mm-hmm. are wearables. More than 60% of virtual assistant users think devices that understand our moods will be mainstream in three years' time. Three years' time. That's uh, 2021. Mm. And uh, your virtual assistant is going to, you're going to get up in the morning and he's going to say, you're not in a very good mood today, are you? No, I wonder, what it, what it doesn't say on the trend series, how many virtual assistants are going to find themselves thrown against the wall <laughs> in 2021? <laughs> yeah, that's also a, a thing, something to, to take into consideration. There, There is a lot of uh, virtual assistant related stuff here. Yeah, it, it, I suspect that they've gone out to find out what's happening with virtual assistants because, as, as I was saying earlier, they're becoming a big thing. More yeah. and more people uh, have them at home. Yeah. So that's uh, the cool new technology trends for 2019 and number 10 being 5G Automate Society. We're hot, Paul. Did you know that? <laughs> and it's snowing outside. And it's snowing outside. Yeah. Let's wrap this up and uh, thank you everyone for Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening this time. And and next week we'll be recording our Christmas episode. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. We'll as, be uh, back. as near as Christmas as we're going to be. I think we might uh, we might take a rest from recording on Christmas day. I think we have to. So uh, next time a Christmas special with hopefully a special guest. Mm. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Thank you for listening and bye. Bye.